great to see you all. My name is Christian, for those that don't know me, and um, I should be uh, taking the, uh, the, the speaking bits here, the message, and I've got some water down here. Thank you very much for that. That's, uh, <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to last there for, uh, for all of that, but it's wonderful to see you all here, and looking very summery as well, which is great. I'm liking that as well. All of you wearing uh, shorts or, um, or, or relevant attire for the, the hot weather. I'm going to start with this. Actually, possibly, um, as it heads towards the summer holiday, may feel like a, a bit of a strange message, but it's a, a valid one. Who thinks they have a, a, a bit of a busy life? Nobody. Right, a few people. A few people say they've got a bit of a busy life. Who can do with a few more hours in the day? Oh, no. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Excellent, that's all right. Um, so um, I've got a question. I've got a question because when time gets scarce, things get pushed, things get squeezed. So I've got a question for all of you, which I'd like to, uh, to, to know the answer to if you can. Um, and it's going to come up on the slide now. What is the minimum amount of time a Christian is supposed to pray each, time, each day? What do you reckon? Because my thinking is if I can squeeze that right down, then I've got a lot more time for other stuff. No? You're all looking at me as if, no, that's not the right answer, Christian. Yeah. And you're the pastor, you should know. Well, I had um, a friend once. It was, it was good. I had a, I had a, I had a friend um, who um, years ago spent a lot of time in prayer. And in this time of his life, in this season of his life, he saw loads of things happening. He was seeing people getting saved. He was seeing miracles happening. He was seeing a load and load and load of things taking place. And then he, he's work situation changed, whatever changed, and he found that he, he didn't have the same capacity to pray. These are his words, not mine. And therefore, um, interestingly, coincidentally, people weren't getting saved and people weren't getting healed where he saw those things once take place. And this question isn't far, I know you're thinking it's ridiculous, but this question wasn't far off where he was going. Because this question was, I want the same results, but I want to be able to pray less. And these, that, those were pretty much his words, because I haven't got the time to pray. Um, so he liked seeing these people um, seeing, getting saved, getting healed. Getting, you know, he liked to see all of these things happening, but he didn't, want to, he didn't want to pray as much. He was all right in praying a bit. So what's the minimum amount of time that we have to do it? Um, and, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy one to, to get sucked into, not in your heads, because I know you all know that you wouldn't do that, but in your hearts, it's very easy to start thinking like this. We're going to dive into Scripture, and I'll show you how things come in a little bit more subtly. So Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 21 is what I'm going to read from, which is a prayer in itself. This is Paul praying from a prison somewhere to the Ephesians. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. 
And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So last year, we went on holiday to the Lake District, uh, which has got lots of hills, if you didn't know. That's very nice, very picturesque. Um, and uh, right behind where we were staying, where there was a, a, a lovely hill. And then immediately when we got there, the kids wanted to go up this hill straight away. I think you stayed in, didn't you? I don't know what you were doing. But I, 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 Dad said, yeah, I'll take you up the hill. Let's, let's go up the hill. Let's explore. So I went up the hill with the kids. Now, I got about halfway up the hill before I saw a park bench. And I thought, what a great place to stop and admire the view. And I stopped there, and that was it. I was finished then. I, I, in all honesty, I was out of energy at this particular point. The kids were not out of energy. The kids wanted to carry on going further up. The kids wanted to carry on going right to the top, Dad, right to the top. The view's better at the top. And I'm going, no, the view is actually fantastic right here. Right here is a marvellous view. We don't need to go any higher up to admire the view. It's fantastic. And all the time they're going, oh, come on, Dad, you've got to go higher up. It's brilliant. We've been further up. And, and I'm calling them down because, you know, you've got to be safe as that, haven't you? You don't want them just legging it off. It's dangerous, just in case you didn't know that. So... Um, so I'm like on this bench just waiting for the, the sun to go down at this point probably. And, and they're going up at the top going, well, we, we want to see further up. It's brilliant. We've already been a little bit further and the view's a lot better. But at this point, I'm getting bored of the view, in all honesty, because I've seen it for a long time by now. And I'm saying, let's go home and watch some TV. And I, found, I think, in fact, that's what we actually did. Now, the point of the story is that it's very easy to plateau in your Christian walk, isn't it? Not? Yes, it's very easy to hit a point where we go, do you know what? This is all right. I've arrived at a certain place. I've, I've arrived at a certain point here now. And, and, you know, this is all right. This is okay. We can just get to this place here and everything's good. And uh, yeah, it's not exciting anymore. It was exciting at one point. But, um, you know, and my kids are just going further and further. I'm just calling them down. So you don't want to go any further. That's just no good. This, this text here is brilliant. Wait. Verse 18, God's love is beyond knowledge. Verse 20, God's power is beyond our imagination. Verse 21, God's glory is beyond a single generation. It is from glory to glory, from generation to generation. Beyond, beyond, beyond. All the way through, there is always further to explore with Jesus. There is always further to go in our walk with Jesus. There's always further to walk with him. There's always further in our relationship with him than we have currently experienced. There's always further to go. And today I am looking at prayer. I've actually called it living in conversation with Jesus because um, to me that's a little bit more like what the word prayer means. It's called conversation because it's two-way it drills down a little bit more we are not praying to transmit words to Jesus and then just clear off and then do what we want to do that's not what prayer is and if you think that's what prayer is and we read the word prayer then we are going to get bored of it quite quickly we're called to listen 
while we pray. We're called to do the listening part as well as the talky part, to allow Jesus to lead us as we talk to him. As we discussed last week, faith comes by hearing, doesn't it? Yes, that's great. We were actually paying attention. That's great. I haven't got a chocolate bar to give you, I'm afraid. Here, anyway. But there we go. But, um, but that's important because as we pray with a listening ear, our faith will be ignited from the inside and we will be believing for far more of the things that we're praying into. Make sense? Yeah, which is exciting. You know, if you're kind of like going, man, God's behind this prayer. He's leading this prayer. So as, um, as Jesus imparts his spirit and his truth Faith and life supernaturally rise on the inside of us. And we can believe far easier for the things that we're actually praying for to happen. It's my personal aim in life to take my prayer life to a higher level than ever before. Because otherwise I'm going to get bored pretty quickly with it. Yes. And I think that's, that's the path that I would like to walk continuously. And I'd like us all together to walk on that path where we're continuously becoming more and more closer to Jesus in our war with him. Because life comes from connection with God. Amen? Yeah? Okay. So what is prayer and why on earth should we bother doing it? You're looking at me as if I've got the answers. <laughs> That's to you. Prayer transforms lives. Yes? Do you agree? Prayer transforms situations. All right, prayer it can make a huge difference in the situations that you're involved with now or I'm sure you've got stories in your past where you've seen it. In my own past, I've seen um, work problems get sorted out, huge problems at work, whether it's classes. I was a teacher for 20 years. Rowdy classes becoming hardworking students very quickly um, through the power of prayer. I've seen God change situations around when I was working in insurance with really big problems and just solving problems that I just couldn't do without his help. It's lots and lots of weird situations. He switches around for our good because that's what prayer does. It changes situations around. It might not be the perfect circumstance, but it's still situate. the situations change for our good. And that is absolutely amazing. And this is before I've, I'm mentioning all the physical, emotional, and spiritual healings that I've noticed as I've prayed. Prayer transforms. It breathes new life into people. It breathes hope into people. Prayer sees miracles take place inside of people. Faith-filled prayer opens doors. It opens opportunities. It overcomes opposition. It builds the kingdom of God. Doesn't it? Yeah, prayer does these things. There are no lost causes if we are prepared to pray. Okay? No lost causes whatsoever. And any person that you want to see come into the kingdom of God or come back to him, whoever it is, there's no lost causes if we're prepared to pray for them and pray for them and pray for them. So um, there's a whistle-stop tour of, of what prayer is. He says um, in Ephesians 6.18, uh, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. I'm going to list five of them. There's a lot more than five of them. I'm not talking about all five really, but um, we'll major on one. Um, as we go through this. So one of them is devotional prayer. Um, then the second one is declaration prayer. And that's where we declare into the atmosphere situations that we want to see changed. We declare uh, promises of God. Intercession is, is one where we're sensing what's on God's heart. 
Um, that's a very powerful one. We, we feel what God wants to do into a situation, and we sense that, and we pray into that because we know that he wants to change it. There's fighting prayer where we're speaking out the word of God into situations to overcome opposition. There's persistent prayer. Now, when I was writing this, I really felt that persistent prayer, even though I'm not going to major on it, is a major one for a lot of people here. So be aware that if you're not seeing situations change quickly, persistent prayer is mentioned a lot in the Bible. Jesus did a whole parable on it, and it's a vital part of our prayer life, that we persist in specific areas that you want to see changed, um, because we know that God wants to see them changed as well. Two to five, generally, not exclusively, but two to five are generally praying outwards. Today, I'm going to focus on number one, devotional, um, because this is what was really coming out the most um, as I was preparing this. And it's number one on the list because it's supposed to be number one in our lives. Yeah, devotional prayer is your relationship with God. It's your relationship with Jesus. It's um, the reason why God sent Jesus to the earth. John 3, 16 God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever so believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then John 17, 3 says eternal life is knowing God. So God came that we may know him. Jesus came, rather, that we may know the Father. Jesus came that we may know God forever, for all eternity. So that there in itself is an, a massive one because Jesus died that we may have that intimate, close relationship with him okay so all of those things there are absolutely vital God has made it possible to have relationship with him through Jesus dying on the cross as Angie went through earlier because as we choose to accept that forgiveness all of our sins are wiped away so devotional prayer is where we put time aside to be with God where we rid ourselves of the distractions that are around and where we come to Jesus note with no agenda, where we come to Jesus, not with a list of things that we would like him to do for us, but we come to him with no agenda whatsoever. We're not praying for things, we are fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're coming to him, and we're coming to him to be with him. We're coming to him maybe to worship him, maybe to thank him, maybe to simply to sit in his presence, maybe to soak him in. This is devotional time. And it's absolutely crucial. It is where our souls are satisfied in this place. It is where we find perfect peace. It is where we are flooded with joy. It is where our relationships with Jesus are strengthened. And where we put our roots down in Jesus and grow. This is a crucial, crucial area of our lives. It is not a secret, I would say. However, it is something which we will grow from hugely if we put it as number one in our lives every single time. So I want to pick up on really one key in all of this, and um, it's stillness or waiting. All right, so Psalm 46, verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. One of the biggest lessons that I've been learning of late is the need to slow down, is the need to, for the relentless pace of life, which is going so, so, so fast all the time. As we slow down, 
as we still our souls from the chaos of life, we can open our hearts afresh to the love of God, to the peace of God, to connection with God, where life is imparted and revelation of who God really is can come to us. Be still. Oh, you're, you're way ahead there, but that's exciting. You know, you're giving them a little sneak preview. <laughs> um, it's revelation of God. Be still and know that I am God. It's in the stillness that we get to know him. It's in the stillness that we get that revelation of who he truly is. It's as we still ourselves, as we still ourselves inside from the chaos of the world, that actually what happens is we get to know God better and better and better. So here's my issue. As you will have noticed, I like to talk fast. I like to live very, very quickly. I like to pray fast. I just basically go out and I can, I can honestly pray at a million miles an hour, transmit words like this, uh, but I'm not really enjoying it. In fact, actually, it becomes more of a chore than a joy, and it becomes more of a, like, a, well, I've ticked that box. I've prayed today, but nothing's really happened. I've not really connected. I've not really done anything other than talk to God or at God, I should say. That would be better grammar. Um, and my natural inclination, I would say, for a long time, has been to live the day as fast as I possibly can because then you can cram more stuff in. All right? It's a great way of living. It's not a great way of living. It's a rubbish way of living. But it's the way that my mind goes. Let's live as fast as possible. So to, if I get through, basically, and I think that the way I've lived for far too long has been, if I get through every single job as fast as I can get through it, there's more TV time at the end of the day. It's just the way my mind seems to work, yeah? Or there's more stuff. I can do what I want to do at the end of the day. So I just cram it all in here. Don't enjoy doing it. I've even got to a place many a time where I'm not even enjoying my food. So I'm literally just eating, hoovering food, because that's another job to do. If you ever end up there, that's a bad place. You're looking at me as if like, I'm a bad person. It's just easier to end up <laughs> in a place where you are rushing through life manically, and it's not a helpful thing. And all along, I felt God been whispering, slow down, I want to speak. And that in itself has changed my life quite dramatically. Slow down, I want to speak. And there's multiple times that we see in the Bible I've not got time to go in time. I've not got time to go through all of this. But this in itself, be still and know that I am God, is a great one. Slow down, I want to speak. It's the, it's the times when I slow down, I start to hear God almost immediately. I start to sense what he's saying to my heart. I start to sense where he's leading me. I start to sense where he's guiding me. And, and that is an important part, I would say, of tuning in our hearts to the voice of God. Okay? If you remember the old radios, if you ever had a radio, I'm talking out to everyone older, over the 50, I think, but before digital, we used to have a dial on it. Do you remember those? Yeah. And if you went like that, you wouldn't pick up anything at all. If you'd have to do it really slowly to pick up most radio stations. You'd be going around it going, you'd have to be like a safe cracker. Just, <laughs> just trying to do it. It's like our shower, actually. It's, like, it's, got, it's got like cold, 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 red hot. And you have to do it really slowly just to tune it to that one magical place where it's actually tolerable. I don't know why they make showers like that. 
But, um, but that's it, it's tuning it in. And you have to go slowly to tune your heart into Jesus. You have to go slowly to actually tune our hearts in to hear him speak. And the slower that I live, the more I hear him speak. And it's not just me. This is a promise for every single one of them. When I'm not like that, then I'm getting stressed. When I am slowed down, I am far more aware of his presence. And I am far more aware of him speaking. I live in peace and not in stress. I live in God's peace. It's not a case of there's nothing to do. There's still lots to do. It's just I've learned or I'm learning to slow it down. So you can now put it up. Every day, here's your challenge. Every day. This is, this is a challenge for you for the week, for, your le- for the rest of your life. This is your challenge. Every day, slow down and ask Jesus what he wants to say. Because he wants to speak. He wants to input and impart into every single one of our lives. And that doesn't mean that you're going to hear a loud, booming voice. If you do, then I'd be very surprised. But what it does mean is that he's whispering. And he's constantly whispering to us, nudging us, little bit by little bit. And we only sense that as we slow down and listen. And it's going to take a bit of practice. But Jesus wants to take all of our prayer lives to a new depth of connection. Do you believe that? Yeah? That's what he wants. And, then, and, and this will take us to a new place of relationship. As we start to practice this out, speak to me, God, speak to me, speak to me, whatever it takes. You, don't, you can't do it fast, just slow it down. Um, in our devotional times, as you start to practice it in your devotional time, it starts to ebb out into the rest of the day. So it's more than just doing it in your quiet time. Then it can be something that happens and surprises you whilst you're walking through Aldi car park or wherever you shop. I don't know where you shop. But yeah, you get the point where God just transmits and you're not even aware of it, but where a heart now becomes into a position where the default is towards heaven, towards him, not towards the next task that I have to do. And that's what we're discussing here. It's living in constant communion with Jesus. It's living in a place where our hearts naturally always come back to him. And it's a practice more and more and more. But we sense in his loving presence throughout the day where we're sensing his guidance throughout the day, where we're hearing his whisper throughout the day. That's the next place for a lot of us. As it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. That there in itself is a tremendous challenge. Certainly, if your understanding of prayer, my understanding of prayer is just to transmit, because I couldn't do it. But if it's to actually live in communion and connection, and conversation, so we're living open to him speaking to us, then that's doable. That's doable because really, actually what can happen is that we see every interruption of the day as an opportunity. So every red light doesn't have to be a frustration, but can be an opportunity to actually turn your heart to Jesus. Every big shopping queue doesn't have to be a frustration, but can be a time where we pause and turn our heart towards Jesus. These are possibilities. I'm opening our minds up to losing the frustrations of life and turning every moment that we find we're getting stopped 
here and there and everywhere into an opportunity for connection. Yeah? Does that sound all right? Can we try it? How can we just try it? I mean, it's not, it's not the end of the world if it don't work straight away. Just keep practicing with it. But it's living in communion with him. The more my heart is fixed on Jesus, the more I'm listening and talking to him, the more I'm naturally joyful. Look at this. It's so rejoice always. Do you want to be joyful? One person, two people. Good. <laughs> two people. Yeah, I want to be joyful. All right, that's there. But it's good. It's good. But this is living in communion with him. This is abiding in him. John 15 verse 5 said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Abiding in him. Staying connected with him. Staying always listening to him and aware of him. The more we live like this, the more we live in communion with Jesus, the more we put our roots down into him, the more we naturally bear fruit. I have had some fantastic and bizarre conversations with people who don't want to talk about God most of the time because when I've been living in this place, if you like, when I've been listening to him, the more I've listened to him, the more I've getting these conversations from people that don't want to talk about God. They, and they start it. I'm not even crowbarring it into the conversation. I'm not even saying, should we talk about Jesus? They, do, they want to start it. And on all I've been doing has just been living my day normally, but trying to tilt my heart to heaven and trying to listen slowly to what he's imparting into me. And I'm having these amazing conversations with people. Um, so fruit gets born. Fruit is, it happens when we are actually living in Christ. Does that make sense? We weren't supposed to make fruit and manufacture fruit by ourselves. The Bible tells us to put our roots down. And funnily enough, once a tree's put its roots down, the fruit starts to kind of like make itself. Doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't make it hard. It's not trying to, trying to make it more and more hard there. So that's, that's an amazing thing. So as we live like that, it's important. And so more and more, we're living out the vision of the church to love God, to love others, to save souls, to make disciples. This is how we do it, by putting our roots down. This is the source of our life. Yes? Yeah, good. All right, brilliant. All right, and we're probably running short on time a little bit, but it's worthwhile noticing that it's not the only place in the Bible where stillness and waiting is mentioned. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like with wings like eagles. Time is spent waiting on God, and in his presence energizes the soul. Would you like some energy? Yes, some of you do. This is good, right? Okay, well, there's your win straight away. Wait still on God and just wait on him and be with him and soak in his presence, yes? All right, brilliant, excellent stuff. So we're good with that. And the more we do that, the more we refuel from the inside out and the more we can have that energy that comes only from God. The Bible makes it very, very clear. And he is very, very, very generous with what he gives out um, in that way. As he speaks to us, I was going to mention this. As he speaks to us, can I just say how you know whether it's God or not? Because this came to me from uh, a question by my daughter yesterday. How do you know whether it's God or not? If it doesn't, if it inspires you, it's from God, right? If that's a voice, she's like, how do I know it's me? How do I know it's... 
If it's a voice that inspires you, if it's a thought that comes at you and that inspires you, and goes, man, yeah, that's really what I, I sense that God's speaking to me at the moment. Or that's something that I, I feel excited about, that God's challenging me on to change in this way or whatever. That's usually a God thing. If it's crushing you, if it's making you feel like rubbish, if it's feeling, you're feeling useless afterwards, like let's say you're, you're hearing, well, quite frankly, your prayer life stinks right now. That's not God, right? Because that's just a crush. God doesn't usually talk like that. He never talks like that. All right, so if you're feeling crushed once you've heard it, it's not a God thing, all right? That's called condemnation, and it's very, very different. But it was a decent conversation with Elizabeth because she helps me turn my preachers into more, <laughs> more palatable, I think, for, uh, for people in that way. So make sure you're discerning the difference because it makes a, it makes a huge impact. Um, so the power of being still and waiting, very quickly. Number one, you get to know God better. Number two, it tunes us into the whispers of God. And number three, it strengthens us. And there's a load more, which you can look up for your homework. But, uh, but there you go. You're looking excited about that. Yeah, very good, very good. So it finishes it off with this. Often, you may not, I may not feel like praying. Yes? Do you ever get up in the morning and think, oh, God, this is how going. Do you ever feel like that? Never. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, you should come home. <laughs> you may not feel like praying. I mean, some of, I mean, I don't anyway. So, it's worth mentioning that it is now the DNA of all believers. Yes? Whether you feel it or not, whether it is something that is in your heart um, in the sense of I'm feeling zealous to pray to Jesus right now or not, it is still on the very much the inside of all of us there. Zechariah 12 verse 10 says, Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. It's in you. It's in all of us. You can't help it. It's in us right now. We're empowered to pray. We're empowered to connect. Galatians 4 verse 6, I love this. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who cries out or calls out, Abba, Father. There is a spirit inside of us right now, the spirit of Christ himself, who's constantly crying out for relationship with God. That's good. Yeah. Now, you may not always feel that. You may not always feel like, oh, you know, I'd rather watch telly or whatever. But inside of you right now, whether you can feel it or not, there is a spirit, the spirit of Christ, who's crying out again and again and again for a close, intimate connection with Jesus. Is that good? Yes. That's, <sighs> try that again. Crying out for a close, intimate connection with Jesus. Is that good? Yeah. yeah, there we are. We'll get there with that. Okay. So, we are built for prayer. I want you to imagine yourself. Think about yourself like that. You are built for prayer. You are rewired for communication with him. Right? Got that? Brilliant. You will be tested. There is a spirit in us that is constantly crying out for a relationship with the Father. Constantly crying out to him. Constantly the, that God is giving us the desire and the power to communicate with him. And we, we have hearts that are, are inclined that way already. So, know that it is who you are. Got it? 
That's who you are as a person. That's who you are. You've been, that's your new creation self. All right? You can't pull away from that. That's what makes you most happy in the world. That's what makes you most satisfied now is prayer to God, pr devoted prayer. Um, it's our new creation disposition I've written here. But disposition's a long word for a Sunday morning. Um, remade for intimate, passionate relationship with God. And I want us to know that. So let's put time aside to put just for Jesus, to go deeper with him. Let's slow down to create space and allow him to speak into our hearts, to transform us from the inside out and a massive goal, if possible, to live in constant communion with Jesus. It's a goal, and I'm just saying let's aim for it. It would be amazing if we get even partway.